Welcome to the Xterra Podcast. I'm Tom Patton. The Xterra mission is to explore and discuss the business of space and its effect on the national and global economy, as well as life on Earth. How does what happens in space affect your life every day? That's what we'll be exploring on the Xterra website, as well as on this podcast every week. And joining me today is uh, my partner in this little endeavor, Mr. Mike Turner. And Mike, it's been an interesting week in the space commerce business, including a lot of stuff going on with one of our favorite uh, organizations, SpaceX, has just had an extraordinary week this week. They, Elon Musk keeps racking it up. What can I say? It, uh, they had the, the successful, um, two successful launches of satellites this week. They had a successful launch of the SOCOM-1B uh, satellite uh, this week, and uh, followed, which was delayed, first of all, to weather, uh, but they, the, the, they were able to get their Starlink uh, flight off, so they've added another 60 satellites to their constellation. Uh, SOCOM uh, did get off later on, on in the week. It, uh, everything went perfect on those launches. Um, it's getting to be absolutely completely routine what they're doing. Space flight really is getting to be this, um, <laughs> literally, it's a weekly thing, uh, recovering the boosters. Um, the, the, the one booster uh, was its sixth time uh, that right. it, had, it had flown. This is getting to be phenomenal. They're designed, as I understand, the Block 5 boosters are, are designed for uh, 10 launches, but um, I guess... There's no reason why with refurbishment and and uh, and as they gather more and more data that they can't get uh, uh, more and more launches out of these things. And then uh, we saw a grain silo flying uh, when uh, <laughs> SN6 went up uh, successfully. Um, and there's some very interesting video out there. Um, Boca Chica Maria, NASA Space Flight, um, Lab Padre, they've done these comparisons of the Starhopper SN5 and SN6, and um, just watching them, they, these were all the same 150-meter hops, um, and yet um, there are differences. You, you can tell, like in SN6, the thrust is higher, the control seems to be a bit better, um, the... Um, I'm not going to say the landing was any better. The the SN5 and SN6 both had uh, some damage to their to their gear, but let's face it that that gear is merely for the the testing that they're doing. It's not what's going to be used for the for the real thing. Right, so, and that's a big heavy booster too. It is. It is. Um, you know, they're, they're they're not filling it completely full of fuel, uh, but yet they've got a 20 ton load stuck at the top of that thing. Um, which I, I find amazing. Um, you know, <laughs> they, uh, they, the, they're already lifting 20 tons with, with, with one rocket engine. Imagine when they get three rocket engines on there. Of course, it's going to have six totally. There, right. There's going to be three vacuum rated engines, which that was another announcement uh, this week. They, they showed their first version of the vacuum uh, rated uh, Raptor engine um, versus the atmospheric Raptor engines. Um, and all you can say is just, wow. Um, it's just, just phenomenal what they're doing. And SN5 now has been refurbished. It's ready to hop again. Um, and, you know, if you think about it, 
the the this um, design test design test um, philosophy that they've got uh, is just it, it's just the ultimate in evolution, right? Evolution is is an algorithm, right? You know, right. take take what you have, change it, test it. It either meets the test or it doesn't. If it meets change it again. If it doesn't meet it, find out what was wrong, fix it, then test it again. Either way, you're going to keep testing the stuff. And, um, uh, just every time they hop, they're, they're learning something new. They're adding more, more data points. And, uh, and I, and I think they're trying out new systems. I noticed on SN6 that the, um, heat shield tiles did not seem to survive this one. So mm. they're trying different mounting methods and, and uh, I don't know if the, the tiles per se are any different. Uh, they're probably all the same material, but uh, but they may be trying different materials as well as different mount, mounting methods. So anyway, uh, phenomenal week for, for SpaceX. You know, Mike, um, the, the thing that really is still very interesting to most people who don't follow this closely about SpaceX is the booster recovery. I was talking to some friends over the, the holiday weekend, and they're still all agog about you know, they're, they're recovering these boosters and they're doing it on a ship at sea. And, and those of us who've been watching this for since SpaceX began doing it, it's getting to be old hat for us. But that is still one of the most amazing things to people is that, oh, look, it's landing like Buck Rogers used to land, sticks out legs, lands on the ground or on this little postage stamp thing out in the middle of the ocean. And, and that is really what's still capturing a lot of the public imagination is, OK, yeah, they're going to space and they they did the. They did the ISS mission. Doug and Bob went up there, hung out, came back safely. And that's a great thing. But it's this reusability that I think is really capturing the imagination of people that we've just never seen before. Well, the airline analogy that Elon Musk uses is totally appropriate because uh, if, if you do throw away your, your airliner every time you take a flight, you know, it would cost millions of dollars just to fly, you know, coast to coast. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so this this entire uh, idea of reusability, if you think about it, we really can't get into space without it. Uh, it's, it's just too it's just prohibitively expensive. Uh, SpaceX isn't the only one. Rocket Labs had a successful mm -hmm. uh, launch this week after they had had a uh, a problem on their last launch and lost uh, lost the payload. Um, but this time uh, they they fixed they fixed their issues. They had another successful um, deploy of uh, on especially these new uh, photon uh, satellites that they have. Um, um, it was um, who was it? Acapella um, was the uh, the the company that um, was their was their client mm -hmm. and rocket lab uh is trying to make their rocket completely um uh recoverable uh theirs via a parachute not uh not a boost back the the way right. um uh spacex does it but nonetheless reusable uh, and, and of course their market is on the small end of satellites uh, and that's a whole nother part of this absolutely magnificent space commerce world um the, the, this explosion of CubeSats and NanoSats, um, again, um, size coming down, cost coming down, capability going up, um, uh, ju just absolutely phenomenal. The the um, uh, <clears throat> the this the, the idea of, of the standardization of some of these satellite buses uh, mm -hmm. for wh whether it's power or data transmission or or just uh, how you're going to hang equipment uh, on the on the satellite 
to, to make satellite development much faster, much quicker, um, uh, saving weight, uh, saving developmental time, um, just incredible. And, and that's why it's truly is space commerce. Now this is no longer R and D. It's not, it's not like there's not a lot of R and D in this, in this, uh, in this space, but it's it certainly now the, the, the rules of commercialization are coming into effect. Um, and, um, um, I suddenly had visions of the Ferengi and their laws of acquisition <laughs> <laughs> in my head when I said that, but, but the, uh, the, the, the rules of commerce here. Um, but the, and that's what's driving the cost down and why this industry is, is starting to really expand and why there's so much investment starting to go into it. Uh, half, it's almost a half a trillion dollar industry already. And, and to, and that, Believe it or not, I'm going to say something probably controversial here. Um, if we, if it was being really done right, it shouldn't be that good. And by no. that, I mean, it's still, we, we have a lot of government vehicles that are, 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 are using, uh, are just very, very expensive throwaway rockets that, that keep that cost up there. Um, and, uh, literally commercialization will, will bring that, um, revenue down if that was your, if, if the capacity was the same, but that's the beauty of it, right? As that price comes down, the, the, you're going to see more utilization as price falls, you're going to see just that much more activity. And, um, that's sort of the paradox. You, you actually want your revenue to fall in order for your revenue to increase because, and it all has to do with obviously costs. Well, um, one of the things, one of the things that is, that is also driving this, this, cost coming down and you talked about the size of the satellites part of what is making this possible is that the vega spacecraft that launched on september 3rd carried several satellites and this is another aspect of it it's it's called a ride share service the ride sharing yes and um, it, that you know it used to be they'd put one satellite on top of one rocket they would boost the satellite into your into orbit and the rocket would be thrown away uh, and the satellites are getting so small now that that you can carry three, four, five, six payloads, uh, or in the case of SpaceX with the um, with the uh, communication satellites, with the internet satellites, with the Starlink system, fifty or sixty satellites at a time, and suddenly that starts to become quite a bit more affordable because one company is not paying the total cost of the of the launch, and these are the things that are going to really start driving that cost down. Oh yeah, and uh, I mean. <clears throat> You, you know, you've got a market when you start having services. Um, I'm not going to say a middleman because it's not really a middleman. It, it, it is actually services um, for uh, people who want to take advantage uh, of whatever it might be, the technology, a, a niche in the market, what have you. Um, our, uh, next week's podcast guest, uh, Nicola uh, Gohm with uh, space cargo unlimited, you know, the, 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 it, it's going to be really fascinating to, to, to hear him tell us about, um, uh, about what they're doing. They, they literally buy space. Um, mm -hmm. I don't want to be not outer space, but, but <laughs> space on, on spacecraft and, and, uh, and a lot of the case they have here on the international space station, where you want to run some experiments, they'll set it up for you. Uh, and so, um, you know, and, and they're particularly, as I understand it, focused on biotech. But, um, you know, 
think of the possibilities. Um, d- d- depending on, on what you're what you're into, uh, d- do you need to make new materials? Do you need uh, do, do you need to, need to do biotech experiments? Uh, you know, um, are there new alloys that that uh, can be mixed in space, but you can't do uh, in Earth gravity because you get too much uh, differentiation from density of the materials? And um, I mean, just material science and biological science. What can be what could what can be done in microgravity may just be they, they could be revolutions in unto themselves. Um, so you know th- there's a there's a lot of really really neat stuff happening, and it's because these launch costs are coming down, and we have this um, this ubiquitous machine learning uh, technology mm-hmm. and co- computational technology. Um, and in our, our ability with materials to make things lighter, stronger, smaller, um, it, it's just um, literally the, the, the future is incredibly bright. Uh, the, despite all the troubles, uh, I just love the term, the, the dumpster fire year of 2020. <laughs> despite all of our uh, 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 trouble and foibles we have on planet Earth, but oh my gosh, uh, 100 miles up, it's, it literally is the universe. I mean, it's, it's, there's so many things we can do. And, and uh, so we can shift all of our problems higher up. <laughs> there you go. You know, there's, and another thing that, that does drive costs down is competition. Yes. Which we all know. And Rocket Labs was granted a, a launch license, a launch operator's license by the FAA this past week to operate off Wallops Island in Virginia. So mm-hmm. there's another launch company, a vertical launch company, as opposed to a horizontal launch company, um, which we have several horizontal launched spaceports in the United States. One of them right here, several of them right here in Florida, in fact. Yeah. Um, but this is one that it's a traditional rocket, Rocket Lab and their electron uh, booster now operating off of American soil. And that's, that's a company that was founded in New Zealand and they realized that they wanted to be here. But again, it, it just gives companies another option for a way to get their payloads into space. Well, and, and, uh, Virgin Orbital, um, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to ultimately be successful on, on getting, um, on getting their, um, uh, I don't, I don't know. Actually, what do you call that? It's uh, it's literally uh, aircraft launching orbital vehicles. Right. Um, and um, I'm sure there's a term for it. And if I know it, it's escaping me right now. But uh, but uh, <laughs> that's the that horizontal the, launch thing. That's they. Yeah. The they, hor- the, yeah. They take <laughs> off and, and the, 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 Virgin HLT, Orbit, the horizontal launch. Thing. Yeah. The Virgin yeah. Orbit carries their their booster under a 747 and. We'll launch that uh, into an orbital thing. There's another uh, company that's called um, uh, Generation Orbit, which mm-hmm. is going to do a similar thing using, I think, a Gulfstream G4. Uh, yeah. They're planning to operate, last I heard, out of uh, Cecil Commerce Center, where I live here in Jacksonville, Florida. So that's, you know, those things are also coming, and those are going to be for much smaller payloads than are required, that don't require a, a Falcon 9 size booster. Well, and then and then we have things like space tourism, which uh, mm-hmm. always sounded so futuristic and sci-fi. Um, you know, Virgin Galactic, uh, they're going to be turning that on here sometime before the end of the year. Um, they don't say, know, how often uh, have we heard that, Mike? Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, uh, there's not a lot of other obstacles left in their way now. Uh, 
you know, they, they, they have a backlog of customers. Um, mm-hmm. they have, they have a place to operate there at the spaceport in New Mexico. They, they, um, as I understand it, they have some new management. Um, and I don't know the story behind that, but my guess, and it would, it is only a guess is many times, uh, you have a set of management uh, that, that gets you through development. And then when you, you have to turn that into a revenue um, and a profit-making business, um, it usually takes uh, sometimes uh, different team members uh, in, in order to, um, to, to pull that off. So some managers are just fantastic at, uh, at creating um, and, and at, at going through the trials and tribulation of, of the experiment. And then there are those who can then take the results of the experiment and turn that into the commercial enterprise that it needs to be in order to be self-sustainable. Um, and, and I suspect that's what's going on with, with Virgin Galactic. Um, Blue Origin, uh, 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 using New Shepard as a tourist, I don't know when that's going to happen, but mm-hmm. uh, evidently they're, they're talking about that. And then we have a lot of the balloon vehicles. Um, there, there's a number of different companies that are going into the... I don't know where are we. Is it above the stratosphere? I guess it's in the troposphere. Uh, right. With, with these. I think. With these. Um, so, anyway, uh, th- I, I think space tourism is is going to be one of those things that really opens it up because when the, you know, it, it won't be everybody, but it, but you know, it's going to start with folks with a lot of money first, but eventually those costs will come down and more of the everyday person is going to be able to to ride, and it's it really. Uh, the mindset is is going to be um, it is just going to be phenomenal that that people are going to say you know this isn't science fiction anymore it's just you know it's another airline flight you know right. this time to the moon uh, well and that's and, one of the things Bill Kemp talked about on last week's podcast was you know he's building these structures that could yep. in part be hotels yeah uh, you know, <laughs> hotels on the moon who who would have ever thunk it <laughs> yeah <laughs> there it is yeah. I mean, it's 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 wild and um, uh, what was the thing the other day? Oh, I was talking with um, uh, Brian Harvey, who's a, uh, a consultant, um, an, in, uh, an independent space consultant. I hope to get him on as a podcast guest uh, uh, in the near future. But, uh, you know, he was talking about how uh, NASA was really getting serious about, um, uh, because of the Artemis program, there's a lot of technology. There's a lot of stuff that's needed. Um, mm-hmm. And so they, they've got a lot of proposals out, um, and, and the, there's a big push on technology transfer, and, and that's something I think is a topic that uh, would, be, would be really good to, to get out there. Uh, and speaking of topics, um, yes. there's plenty to talk about in the space commerce world, but to but. all of the listeners out there, if you've got different uh, areas of, of interest uh, that, that you'd like to see us investigate or, or you'd like to know more about we would love to hear any feedback on what what you'd like to see um uh explored uh, investigated and uh researched um and um because the uh, one problem that we have is there th- this is such an exploding industry that um there are so many ways to go <laughs> right <laughs> there, there there really is i um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at, uh, j- just, just the history of space commerce so far is very rich. Um, but then you've got to launch, um, uh, we, we have the whole launch cost, uh, um, 
reduction uh, th that's huge and, and more launch vehicles coming, uh, more and more communication, whether it's uh, whether it's the Internet or, well, you know, uh, oh, that was another thing about SpaceX. I guess, um, what's her name? Kate Tice, I believe is her name. She mentioned that the next gener uh, the next group of satellites starts having um, of Starlink starts having lasers on it mm -hmm. to talk to each of the satellites, which will increase their bandwidth. Uh, there's been some criticism that the Starlink so far um, hasn't been you know it's only been about 100 megabit per second, and a lot of people have said whoop de doo. Well, you start putting the lasers on there, uh, the bandwidth goes up you know exponentially, and right. and and when you have more and more satellites up there that can relay things. They're closer together, so they can more quickly relay things. You'll see that bandwidth uh, just climb up like crazy. Then there's Earth observation. Um, wow, we have only just started on uh, whether whether you're looking at uh, um, you know uh, just geography, weather, uh, mineral uh, exploit exploitation and exploration, um, animal migration, um, you know, climate change, you, you name it, uh, earth observation or urban growth, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, pollutants, uh, pollutant spreads. Uh, well, and we had a story a couple of weeks ago about, a, uh, about tracking mosquitoes that carry disease. Yeah, uh, just <laughs> exactly. I mean, just, uh, you know, it, it, and the, <laughs> okay, bad joke, but the, but the hard part there is getting the GPS transmitter on the mosquito. Yeah, it right? is. <laughs> I don't think they have ADSB for mosquitoes. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's um, a throwback to Mike and, and my aviation days, but most yes. of our, most of our listeners are going to know what ADSB is. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but, well, but that brings up navigation. Sure. Right. I mean, uh, uh, uh Hello, American public. Did you realize that um, over the next few years, all radar, except in uh, what are called TRACONs, the terminal uh, radar uh, controlling environments, um, are gone. They're going to be shut when down. You're, when, yep. you, when you're flying along and, uh, you know, cruising over Colorado, you're not on radar anymore. You're, the, the, your airplane is, is using what's called um, automated, automatic depend, uh, ADSB, automatic dependent broadcast out right and um uh, and what that does is is the airplane literally takes its gps position uh, where it's heading how fast it's going and it sends that signal up once a, i think it's once a second mm -hmm. up to um uh, well it goes to ground stations and it also goes to satellites and uh from that that goes to the air traffic controllers um and what's and if, and if you think that doesn't sound as safe as radar uh, a radar sweep takes six to eight seconds um, under ADSB, it's it's relayed every second. It's um, th there is six to eight times the positional and speed resolution just from going to GPS right. uh, from from radar. Well, um, and there's also the aspect of the the all the ADSB information can be seen in the in, in airplane cockpits of adjacent air of other airplanes. So if yes. you're flying, you can see well that traffic is this particular airplane has an end number assigned to it, and this is the altitude, this is the speed, and this is the course. It's just really amazing stuff. It um, is, and it, and is. it does make aviation a lot safer. And, uh, and you will be able to someday when the pandemic's over, um, <laughs> you are going to be able to put more airplanes in the same amount of sky and do it more safely. Yeah. 
Um, but but we have other things. We, we have, uh, uh, you know, the exploration that's going on. My God, the, the stuff, we're, we're out in the Kuiper Belt now. Uh, the, we just did a story on the Lucy mission uh, about uh, exploring the Trojan asteroids, those that are uh, inside the, um, um, the, the, the normal asteroid belt, the ones mm-hmm. that could hurt us. Right. Um, you know, it, it's it the, the, this whole exploration um, uh, phenomena that's going on. The Parker satellite uh, getting so close to the sun the way they do. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, it's just uh, just phenomenal. Then uh, one of my favorite topics is basically uh, habitation, which is that goes back to Bill Kemp and the and and what he was doing with the lava tubes and things on, mm-hmm. on for the for um, for the lunar missions. Uh, but I also like the orbital uh, stuff. I, I, I'm sure. fascinated by Bigelow Aerospace uh, and and the 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 um, literally the blow up space station. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Sierra Nevada Corporation, I guess, is also working on that. Um, those are the kind of things that are going to dra- dramatically drop the cost on um, uh, not just orbital, not just uh, space stations. <coughs> Excuse me, not just space stations, but I think they're going to be a great way to get to and from, let's say, Mars. I, I still say Elon's got a, a cool thing with the Starship, but I'd rather be on a big Bigelow uh, blow-up um, uh, space station on the way to Mars because you got a lot more room and, <laughs> and just, just Take a your helmet space off. to stretch out in. Um, hey, Mike, we got about five minutes left here, and we okay. wanted to talk a little bit about kind of what's coming up with Xterra. Um, okay, we do have one more partner involved in this uh, little enterprise. His name is Jim Holdeman, and he's going to be our, our sales and marketing person. And Jim has not been able to join us yet on a podcast, but we did want to let folks know that there was at least one other person that's going to be involved in this. But you and I have talked about, um, you know, we're getting getting to critical mass on on web content. We're doing our podcasts, but we also have a couple of other things that are going to be in the wings that will be rolling out over the course of the next uh, couple of three months before the end of the year. And it's, it really is, I think going to make for a very, very robust website, web presence, multimedia content, just a lot of things that are coming up. Well, you know, we, we talked when we, when we began, we wanted to be sort of a multimedia trade publication and, in order to do that, you have to have plenty of multimedia and, uh, right. you know, but, but you, and you have, but you have to build your foundation. Well, you know, you got to get the website started. You have to start getting the, the stories going through the website. Uh, you have to get your social media established. And we still have a plethora of, of, uh, issues we have to work out on some of the social media stuff. Um, but we've, we've gotten the, we, we've gotten news stories going. We've, um, we've gotten our podcast started. The next thing, um, we want to introduce our web stories. They seem they seem to be one of the new trends that's going on, um, and we're going to be uh, trying out Google Web Stories, and um, we're going to be adding that in with our um, uh, many of our stories. I don't know if we're going to do that for every story, but uh, we'll we'll be adding that in, and, and it gives you another avenue to uh, to explore the space commerce world. Then we're going to be adding video. Uh, we'll we'll have a YouTube channel, and uh, we'll start doing um, uh, YouTube videos. And um, after that, uh, we want to definitely get into more in-depth, long-form articles. Um, right. You know, the it's and we don't want to just pound the 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 everybody with a huge number of these things. But 
it's one of those things where we'd like to have a um, probably at least two two a month at a, at a minimum, and preferably one a week, um, mm-hmm. where where we um, uh, we invite people from from the the space commerce industry to contribute, or if 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 they want to write some articles uh, in depth uh, on on uh, various topics on space commerce. We we want to, to get that out there and uh, and then lastly and this is further down the road um, uh, the um, uh, particularly if the Bureau of Economic Analysis uh, does create the Space Commerce um, uh, satellite account um, is to get into industry figures more um, yeah. uh, more on industry f- um, growth finance. Um, you know who, who's doing the deals? What are the deals being done? Uh, where's you know where, where's the money at? Um, and because it, it's that profit motive, it's that return on the investment that is is going to really keep this industry like any other industry rolling. And um, and, and I think uh, given the <clears throat> the uh, very enterprising imaginations uh, of of people. We will see technology and um, and solutions to many of our problems uh, are going to be coming from the space commerce industry. Um, they're going to create their own universe of problems, um, <laughs> yes, but you will. know, so so be it. That's history. That that that's the way it's always been. It's the way it's going to be, and that's okay because that's just life. Um, and but but I think it's an exciting future. I think, um, particularly over the next couple of decades, space commerce, uh, along with probably artificial intelligence and a few other things, are going to be the markets. Um, and we want to cover it. We want to cheerlead it, and we want to we want to critique it when it when it needs to be. When so we want to chronicle, be. cajole, and critique the the conquest of commercial space. You know, you mentioned that if folks have ideas for us, they can drop us an email at info at xterrajsc.com, or you can follow us on Twitter and find us there at xterrajsc. So we hope you'll be in touch with us and let us know what's on your mind, what you think is important in the space industry, the commercial space industry, and we'll go to work on covering those issues for you. That is going to do it for this edition of the Xterra podcast. Find us on the web at xterrajsc.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, as I said, at XterraJSC. Until next time, I'm Tom Patton. Thanks for listening.